Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning, Journey. How are we doing today? Hey, y'all give it up for the band one more time. It's very clear. Like Ryan said, it's all about Jesus. It's very clear that the Holy Spirit has already been moving this morning. I pray he continues to do that. Um, I'm Tracy. I'm on staff here. It's great to be able to share with you just for a few minutes today. Um, We are in week two of our Advent series. Um, Last week, we talked about hope and how Jesus is the source of hope. And when you put your hope in Jesus, um, that you can't go wrong. It is a literal game changer. Um, Today, we want to talk about something that I think all of us in this room literally want, especially this Christmas season. And that is this big old thing right here. It's called peace. Okay, so the peace is defined in the dictionary as um, tranquility or freedom from disturbance. And so when we think about peace in just a dictionary, I don't think that does it justice when we look at the word of God, um, because there are times in my life where I don't just need a calm, like everything's going crazy and I can't control it and I don't know what to do. It's just like 18 years ago when my wife was pregnant with our twins, because they're 18 now, I guess I did that math right. Um, but they were, my wife was pregnant with our twins, and she was on bed rest with a specialist doctor literally for two weeks. And the doctor said, you basically can't move unless you go to the bathroom because the twins' uh, cords are wrapped in a knot about a little bit bigger than the size of a golf ball. And if they spread out or move any certain way, it will cut off the nutrients that they receive, and it might not be good. And I'm like 26 years old hearing this news and going, are you serious? I'm scared to death. And and here I am, like I'm a young dude who has no idea what I'm doing in the ministry. And I'm sitting at the hospital and all these people are visiting us and these people are trying to tell us it's going to be okay. We're praying for you and, and we're praying. But can I just be honest? I remember it so clearly. We were scared to death. While I should have had peace in God, I was scared to death and I let all of that come in and overrule my perspective on who God is and what he can do. And I'm just saying maybe today there's some people here, maybe it's a lot of you, maybe it's just a couple of you, that you are going through it. You're in the middle of stress You're in the middle of all the stuff that's happening, and maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement. And what I needed in that time in my life was encouragement more than anything in my life. I needed to hear God. I need to hear what God had to say, and I want to maybe take a moment, because maybe you're in the middle of it today, and just just share with you a couple of verses that maybe you go, okay, that's what I need to do today. That's what I want to share with you. The first verse is in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16. Here's what it says. And hear every word because it's so good. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you, not just some, all. Man, that's good. God, through the Bible, through Scripture, through Paul, is saying that God wants to give us peace at all times and in every single situation. And Paul, in in these verses, if you just look around, he's, he's praying for the church. 
And he's saying, man, you're stressed out. You're being persecuted. The church at Thessalonica, you're, you're going through it. You're struggling with sin. There's stress. There's all kinds of anxiety in your life. And he says, I'm just here to tell you, and I'm praying for you right now, that God wants to give you peace in the middle of it. God wants to give you peace in every single situation. And who was going to give them peace? That verse, verse says it very clearly. The Lord of peace himself. The source of peace is Jesus. So when you're stressed at work or when everything's busy and you got to go to 83,000 different parties because of work and community group and, and then your neighborhood has a little thing and all these get-togethers, all this stuff's happening. No matter what's going on in your life, maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a friend that has cancer. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe all these things and you're just around this time of season and you're like, how in the world is this going to happen? I want to also share with you something else. That God wants you to have peace. But he also, the Bible tells us that he also wants to keep us in perfect peace. And there's a difference, and I want to share that just briefly. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all, here's the catch, who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Wow. And I remembered that story 18 years ago, and I remembered saying, that's what I was missing. I was focused on the problems and I was not focused on the God of the problems. So why is that not the case in our lives sometimes? I want to ask an honest question like, why do some of us feel like everything's crazy and chaotic this time of year? Like, what if, here's the honest question for you, what if the chaos, what if it's not the chaos that's actually taking our peace away? What if it's not that? What if the chaos is just showing us that we never really had the right kind of peace in the first place. I want us to ask that question just briefly. What, what if God is there in the details all along and he's always been there, but we were not trusting him? We were just not putting our focus on him and what he says in his word that's absolutely true about having peace. What if we weren't fixing our thoughts on Jesus? I read a story about these two painters, and they were in this competition um, to paint a picture of peace. And in this competition, here's what happened. The first painter started painting, and he painted like this sunset with calm waves and white clouds, and everything was just tranquil and calm and pretty. Everything was great. There were no thunderclouds, nothing like that. But the second painter, he decided to paint something totally different. He painted a storm. He painted six-foot waves with rolling dark clouds coming through with lightning and thunder and all. He, he painted all this crazy stuff. And when you look at the picture, there's no way you would think peace. But down in the bottom right-hand side, and I want you to picture this, of the, of the painting, there were two large stones. And right underneath those stones, in the middle of the rain and all of that stuff, was a bird. And the bird was singing. Now let me just tell you something. The first picture is the world's definition of peace. When my problems are gone, everything's going to be okay. The second definition is the biblical definition of peace. In the middle of the storm, I'm going to be okay. I'm protected. I'm okay. See, peace, real peace from God is where God's calm and God's tranquility overrule your chaotic situation. Peace is not found when your problems are gone. Did you hear that? Peace is found in a person. 
and his name is Jesus. So when your life seems chaotic and crazy and all over the place and you're stressed and there's anxiety, you're only going to find perfect peace when you fix your thoughts on Jesus in the middle of everything that's going on. And people will look at you when that happens and they'll say, oh my gosh, how in the world is he or she going through all that junk and still is doing okay and still has peace. And I want you to remember as we close with this part that peace is a person. And when we trust in Jesus to give us perfect peace in every situation, in everything, I promise you this, it'll be amazing in the middle of all the chaos. Man, there's just chaos everywhere sometimes. And it's amazing that we allow it to happen to ourselves, I think, to be honest with you. I had a privilege this past week of speaking at student ministry, our journey students, and I got to a part, I was talking about the Magi, and the Magi are the, the wise men as we know them, were coming, and there was a two-year journey, they got to Jesus, they followed the star, and I, and I started talking to them about all the different symbols of Christmas time, and you know, the star's one, the star has so many represented, uh, representations, it takes us right to the birthplace of Jesus, which is pretty, pretty amazing, and the star also is a reminder all throughout scripture, the star is the reminder of all the prophecies for 4,000 years that Jesus was prophesied about and it was all came to fruition on that one moment. And so I, I talked about the star and I talked about uh, the Christmas tree, the evergreen, and the reason they didn't get a deciduous tree or like an oak tree, they got a, a, a pine tree because a pine tree is an evergreen and it stays alive all the time, even through the winter and, and uh, you know, the months when it's cold, it stays green and it reminds us of the never ending love for, that God has for us. And I talked about the wreath. The wreath has uh, a circle and it's no beginning and no end and how God's love for all of us uh, has no beginning. And not, regardless if you're a believer or believe in it, God still loves you and he loves you unconditionally and has no beginning or no end. And it was, it was a biggie. And I was thinking about the candy cane. How many people know what the candy cane represents? The candy cane has real significance. It's a, it's a shepherd's crook and it, uh, you know, the Lord is our shepherd. I should not be once. So it reminds us that Jesus is the great shepherd. Uh, you turn it over and it's a J and the, the red reminds us of the blood of Jesus and the white, the purity of Jesus. And so there's all these symbols. And unfortunately, they're not the symbols that sometimes that we relate to. I relate to this symbol of Christmas, <laughs> the chaos of it. Anybody else? And so um, obviously now I realize that there's somebody in my, my upstairs, my, my attic, you know, chain, doing all this stuff right here. But what's really aggravating is because I am the type of person that I will not finish. Uh, I, I won't uh, stop until I'm finished with a job. So I would literally untangle these. And what frustrates me more than anything is when all of a sudden you plug them in. You get that exciting moment where you plug them in. You're all there. You get there. And all of a sudden, none of the lights work. The old school lights were so different than the new school lights you had to figure out which one of the bulbs wasn't working and you would literally go one by one by one by one. Now it'll kind of just be the only one out. But I thought about this. This is a lot of, uh, of what we see Christmas. Like when we think of Christmas, we think of the chaos, uh, the, the, the frustration, the, 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 all the busyness of, of the Christmas season. And, and it's interesting to me because I've narrowed it down to why we get frustrated and why we have chaos. And I'm gonna, if you're gonna write a note, I would write this note. It's all the got-tos. I got to do certain things. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I just decided I was going to start writing some of my got to's, um, you know, and somebody else would probably raise their hand to this. Uh, I got to go to a party or all these parties. We had a funny laugh in first service. A lady came up to me with an invitation to her Christmas party. And I said, thank you for the invitation, but I handed it back to her. She said, what do you mean? I'm so, I'm so hurt that you wouldn't come to my Christmas party. And I said, here's the deal. If I came to everybody's Christmas party at Journey, I would not have any time for myself and to enjoy the Christmas. That's 
part of the chaos. And this is what I literally said to her. I said, if I say yes to you, and this person that hears that I said yes to you, and I don't go to theirs, guess what? We're having a church split over it. Because the pastor didn't do it. It's a got to. How about this one? How many people are sending out Christmas cards this year? Like you feel like you got to send out the Christmas cards. Nobody? Good for you. We're, you're getting a digital I love you right now. How about this? The presents have to be wrapped. They have to be bought. They got to be put under the tree. You got to get the house clean. You got to get the decorations done. Got to get that special meal made, right? And got to go to grandmama's house, right? How many people get to go to, got, got to go to grandmama's house? And then you get there and it reminds you of Jerry Springer show because crazy uncle, whoever, right? Right. It's one of those things. And, 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 then, and then like in January, you, you start to think now, like, how am I going to pay for all this? Like I overextended myself. And it's not, it's funny because it's not just our life. Like even the movies and the TV shows now, everything is based around chaos or like, like, okay, how many people have ever seen A Wonderful Life? What was it about? It was about a person, bankruptcy. It, it had nothing to really do. It was about, he didn't have any money. How about, how about Elf? Anybody seen Elf? It's about a guy, a guy, a grown man coming to somebody's office telling him that I'm an elf and I'm also your son. How about this? Anybody ever seen Christmas Vacation? What's it about? It's about Clark and his crazy Uncle Eddie and a squirrel that's going crazy, right? It seems like everything in our lives, especially Christmas, leads us to this thing called chaos. And scripture tells an exact opposite story. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 9. This was prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born. It says, for a child to us is born, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called. And I love this because there's four phrases that he uses here. And it's not just like the first one. I'll just give you the first one. I'll explain what I'm talking about. It says wonderful counselor. Not just a counselor. There's hundreds of counselors. There's thousands of counselors, but he's the wonderful counselor. Then it says the mighty God. I love that. Not just a God, a lowercase g. It's the mighty God. It's the best of the best. Everlasting Father. There's a lot of fathers in this room, right? But we're not everlasting. He's talking about the everlasting, the beginning, the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end. He's talking about that. And then he says this, the best of the best, he says, and he's the prince of peace. And then it goes on to say in Luke chapter 2, we know the story. We're going to read it on Christmas Eve night. It's a tradition right here. But it says, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news and will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Now push pause. That's not what happened that first night. <laughs> right? I, I love the song Silent. That's not what happened the first night either. Think about it for a second. A young girl, maybe 13, 14, 15 years old, finds out she's pregnant and God's the father. How do you explain that at Greenbrier High School? God's my daddy. Like, what do you do? Like, think about it. Like, like, we like to sterilize the Christmas story. Oh, it's a baby in a manger. It was a baby to a teenager. And then they take a cross-country trip. Okay, honey, here's the deal. The Nissan Quest is broken right now, so I have got, I have fired it up. It's all fed and ready to go. The donkey. Let's go, Right? 
And then, I, I don't know about you guys, I remember when my wife was pregnant, especially with the twins, we had twins too, and we had, like, she was miserable looking at me for obvious reasons. But, like, let's get in the car and go for a ride. Let's go, go look at Christmas lights. You did this to me. I, I remember one time I walked in the house. I had a tough day at the office. Like, somebody probably yelled at me, and I got an email, you know, this bad email. And I was like, <laughs> I walked in the house. Gina, I had such a tough day. She goes, I made a pancreas today. <laughs> Don't you tell me about tough days. <laughs> right? And then on top of that, think about this. On top of that, for thousands of years, there's been this prophetic movement and these prophecies about this king, this, king, this Messiah that's coming. Well, we have this guy named King Herod who's jealous and is afraid that, the, that, 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 that this king is going to you know, take his throne over. So he has every two-year-old boy from, from the age of two to under, he has them executed. He kills them. Man, there was no peace there. You know, Prince of Peace, you know, wonderful guy. But there was no peace there. And, and then I think about my own life and the lack of peace in my own life. Anybody else have a lack of peace in their life sometimes? Please don't be super spiritual today. This is journey. We can be okay. Like, the, the, the craziness of, of like, like relationship. Like, and, and I think about this. Even in this church, I know stories of people that are trying to find peace and they haven't found it. I know, I know, people, I know people in this room. I know the people that are, that are going to be here today that, that you know, he loves Jesus, she loves Jesus, but, man, they're on the verge of a divorce. It, it, there's just no peace. And listen, you, 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 you turn on the TV stations and you flip through the TV. Well, you don't flip through like this anymore. I just showed my age, didn't I? <laughs> I meant like this. But you flip through the stations and it's almost there's negative on every station, right? Where's the peace? Where's the peace? And I'm going to make a statement and some of you are going to go, Pastor Bobby, you're a heretic. We're leaving this church because you're a heretic. I just push pause for a second. There's a part of me that did Jesus fail? Did Jesus fail? If he's supposed to be the Prince of Peace, even as a believer, why can't I find peace? And it's not just Christmas time. It's sometimes 12 months out of my life. So did he fail? No. We failed. So we tried to put our trust in everything else other than the only thing that we're supposed to put our peace in. And here's what I want us to get, because we'll peel it back a little bit today. I want you to hear this. Jesus is the only, no, no other. Jesus is the only one the kind, and Jesus will guide us into peace if we, if we trust him. If we trust Jesus, he'll guide us into peace. And here's what I mean by trust. Because all of us understand what it means to put our trust in something, don't we? You, who, how many people got in a car to get here today? You trusted that car was going to get you. you nobody, nobody was on a horse today. Nobody, nobody walked. Nobody had a donkey ride today. Right? You try, you try, and, and, and people, like, I don't want you to raise your hands, but I know lots of people that put their trust in jobs and, and relationships and stuff. And, and, and millions upon millions upon Americans are putting their, their trust in things that was never designed. Like, like, you know what the purpose of a car is? Transportation. We weren't supposed to find our significance in a car. You know what the purpose of a house is? It's to put covering over ourselves so we can, we can live and we can be comfortable. It's not, we're not supposed to go, oh, I found all my, some people put their, in their investments. And yes, I, I have investments, but 
I'm not putting my trust in the investments or the banking industry. How about this? Some of us have put our trust, and listen, if you're a doctor, I will continue to put my trust in them, but they don't have all the answers either. And sometimes we put our trust in doctors and their practice. I got a friend of mine right, right now. She's had this headache for like, like months, months and months and months and months. And they finally figured out it's this thing called long-term, you know, long-term COVID, right? It's long-term COVID. And for months, people have been telling her all these different things. And finally she got, but we put our trust, we put our trust in government. And I still haven't figured out the purpose of government yet, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying? Here's what I want everybody to get today. This is really, really, really important. We all put our trust in something, but maybe we have no peace because we put our trust in something that was never designed to bring us peace. Maybe it has another function. And it's only when we put our trust in Jesus that we find real peace, true peace. That's what scripture says in Isaiah. I love this. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When, when you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord, your God, and the Holy One of Israel, your savior. He says, listen, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all that's going on, you'll still be able to find peace. That's exactly what Tracy was talking about. It's not the situation or the circumstances, how we view it and what we, what we cling to. There's, there's a, there's, there was, I was reading a story about a Navy submarine. They were doing testing on it. And so it had to go out of port for a while, and they had to drop it down to one of the lowest parts of that little ocean area, whatever that ocean area was. Well, apparently there's this really bad storm that happens. So when the, when the, when the submarine comes back and it goes into port, they, they put it into port, and the captain walks off the, off the submarine, and he talks to the, the admiral of the, of the, the Navy base, and, and, and he says, the, the admiral says, how bad was that storm when you were out at sea? He goes, what storm? He said, we didn't even know the storm. And you see, what happens is there's this phenomenon, and it's called the cushion of the sea. And there's a certain part in the ocean where there's no turmoil. There's, 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 no, there's no wind there. There's no, there's no waves. There's, no, there's nothing. And it, it made me think to myself, Jesus offers that same kind of peace when we get in his cushion of the sea, whatever that is. When we find that we have to trust him, and that's the only thing we trust in, even though the waves are coming over the bow of the boat, even though everything's going crazy, even though there's no money in the account, even though there's relational turmoil, we can still find peace. Amen? So, let me give you a second thing. This is really, really, really important. Peace is a gift that only Jesus can give you. It follows up, right? What I was just, it's only, John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you, not the world giving you, not a priest, not a pastor, not, not, not a staff person, not a singer, not a song, not Maverick City worship. It's the peace that only I can give you is a gift that the world can't give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And here's what I want you to know. It's not your peace to give away either. It's his peace that Jesus gives us. It's a peace that the one who is in charge of peace. I, I have several friends that can fix anything. Anybody in this room can fix anything? Like, don't, don't, you, Robbie, you're pretty good at it. I'm watching some of your handiwork in our office. I got a friend of mine, so I have a boat. Oh my God, there's so much money in that boat. But every time, every time, I, every time something goes wrong, I'm, I make a phone call. It, this is the kind of guy that can take a piece of duct tape, he can take a rubber band, and he can take a paper clip, and he can build a building with it. So I call him up, and I say, hey man, um, my, my boat's tore up again. And, and, and usually in a day, he comes over, and he sits there, and he's like, hand me this, hand me this, hand me this. And I sit there in perfect peace. I'm like, hey, the lights came on again. Is the trust in me? No. 
It's in the one that I should put my trust in. It's the same thing with God. We can put our trust in God. We can trust that he'll get, he'll get us through the problems. And here's what I figured out. And some of us, I, I can hear it and I can look in your eyes and, and I, I got conversation after first service. There's people in this room, there's people watching online, you have no peace. You, you can't even figure this whole peace element out. It's like the missing peace. And I, I'm gonna say something. And you may get mad at me. You know why? You're trying to do it on your own. And you can't do it on your own. It's just like I can't, repair my boat on my own. I have to have somebody that's a skilled expert come in and figure it all out. You need a skilled expert to come into your life and do that. Stop trying to solve it on your own. Throw the ego away. Philippians chapter 4, 6 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace. Wait, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then you'll experience this thing, this God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds, and you will live in Christ Jesus. Anybody ever have kids that went, went through swimming instructions? Swimming instructions? So uh, I was reading about how many people were fearful of letting their kids swim, really? Okay. So, but if you ever, like I've seen this happen, the swimming instructor, okay, lay back, put your ears in the water, put your belly up, right? How many people sink? I'm a sinker, okay, just, I, wanna, I can't, I can't, I can't lay back on my, I mean, I will to the bottom. But what this lady does, or most instructors do, they'll put their, their hands underneath the, the, the kid's, you know, the, the back, and this one lady, she counts, she goes, I'm going to go one, two, and on three, I'm going to pull my hand away. Well, she doesn't tell them as she's not pulling her, their hand away. So she goes one, two, and at the number two, the kids generally start freaking out. You know Why? They don't know how to rest. They don't know how to rest in the, in the instructor, instructor's arms. And you know what I found out about peace? The reason we don't have peace? We don't know how to rest in the instructor's arms. See, only peace comes not when we're flailing around, even in the midst of struggles. It comes when we're at rest. It, it doesn't come by us trying to do more. It comes when we're at rest, when we're resting in God. It comes when we're seeking God first in his kingdom and all his righteousness and then everything else. It's when we're, when we're right here at that point. And you know what I've realized? It's a posture. It's the posture that every one of us needs to be in, a posture of rest and understanding God is in control. It leads me to this last one. I've got a couple minutes. I've got to get, fly through this one. Not only did Jesus give us peace, but he offers us freedom that ultimately gives us the perfect peace. Tracy talked about perfect peace is when we're okay. Okay, perfect peace is when this is okay. Romans chapter five, verse one says, therefore we have been made right in God's sight. We have, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. I, I love this. And see, because there's a, there's a really big problem. You know what the big problem is? Everybody know what the big problem is? We're all sinners. And there's always gonna be a chasm or always a chasm between us and God until we get things right. Uh, some of you are going, oh, I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. Don't raise your hand. I'm gonna let you on a big secret. There is liars in this room. <laughs> There's cheaters in this room. Some of you are getting uncomfortable right now. There's people that have had adulterous affairs in this room. Welcome to Journey. <laughs> first service, I asked permission. We have a guy that murdered somebody in first service. It was involuntary. He didn't, it was an accident, but he, he served time. We're jacked up, you know that? We're sinners by birth and by choice. 
That's why it says that for everyone is sin and we all fall short of God's glory, which is the glorious standard, which is perfection. And you know why? If you may be in turmoil right now, you know why? Because you don't have peace with God. You've never had that moment where you said, you know something? Like, I'm giving my life to you. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my lying. I'm giving you my cheating. I'm giving you my, my, I'm giving you all this stuff. And then we rest, the posture, we rest in that perfect peace. We wonder why we don't have perfect pieces because we're living outside of the one, the only one that can give it to us. Jesus was the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He was the only one that can do it. I don't know if you ever thought about it. He's the only one who can do it. In this room, I I know it freaks some of you out. Like, man, this room is filled with crazy people. Yep. Starting at the top. But Jesus came into that because he's perfect. And he's holy. And he's the only one that could go to the cross. See, we we discount the most powerful scripture in the Bible is is John 3.16. And it simply says this. For this, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Perfect peace, perfect peace. I want you to think about this for a second. We're gonna close right here. How are you and God doing? Do you have peace with the heavenly father? And if not, is there something in you, the chaos that's causing that? Is it, is it tension between you and him? And I, and I love the way Thomas Merton says, he says, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we're not at peace with ourselves because we're not at peace with God. Can can I say that one more time? We are not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves. And we're not at peace with ourselves because we're not at peace with God. Last week, we started a tradition here at Journey by saying a prayer together. And that's what I'd like to do real quick again. So if you'd like to follow it on the back screens, this is what it says. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending us your son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Thank you for caring for us. And thank you for promising to give us your peace. Please guard our hearts and our minds with your peace. You know the things that have been weighing us down with worry and anxiety or fear. Lord, please fix or help us fix our minds on you instead of, and on your spirit instead of the other things. Thank you, thank you for promising to bring us a life of peace. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.